Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Jam-packed we are on this Monday with an all-star green light. A very personal passport question. The greatest era of all time coming to an end. And we are in the presence of a handsome, chiseled god. All that and more. Let's go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. All right, the one place to begin is with all the NBA shenanigans that continue to fly around this summer. We're going to dive deep into all of those and then deal with Hembo's man crush as our friend Alan Hahn. You hear him every single day here, <laughs> coast to coast, Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio. He is a, a, a New York staple, so I've known him for a very long time. And Alan, good enough to hang out after doing Get Up and spend a few minutes with us here. Thank you, Alan Hahn. It's great to be here. I, I, this is usually what I listen to uh, as I'm getting prepared for my show, which, of course, starts right after this one at noon Eastern. And I marvel at watching you transition from Get Up to this show seamlessly, which most people don't realize is seconds in between. So it's, it was amazing just to watch that happen. It's 60 seconds. I slide six feet to my right. I say back and better than ever, and we just keep on going. Hembo has made his way back from vacation. We have a lot to dive into with him. But let's start with, with the NBA stuff here and run through a lot of what we did this morning um, on television, Han. And it starts with LeBron. LeBron sending a message on his TV show, The Shop. We don't know exactly when that was recorded, but what he basically said was, I'm envious sometimes of tennis players and mm-hmm. golfers because mm-hmm. it's just them. They don't have to count on anybody else, and, and it's win or bust for me and what keeps me awake at night. He literally said, what keeps me awake at night is when the people around me don't have that kind of mentality. Alan, he doesn't just say things for the sake of saying things. True. Who is he sending a message to? I, I picked. Most people want to think he's talking to Russell Westbrook, and I, I don't think so. Like I, I really feel like this is one of two people. And the one I'll say quickly because I, I don't feel confident saying this, but because of what I've seen, maybe. And it's Anthony Davis who needs to also be obsessed with winning. Now, Anthony Davis is a great player, but since he's gone to the Lakers. They won a championship in the bubble in a very controlled environment. But since then, the injury stuff keeps coming up. He's kind of not been the same guy that we saw in New Orleans for the most part. He can be dominant in moments and then other moments not, not as great. When those two players are on the floor, they should always be a great team, and they're not. So is he saying to Anthony Davis, hey, you've got to get at my level if you want to be a champion? Or is he talking to Jeannie Buss? This one I'm a little more, I think, confident in. Because is he, he's always subtexting someone. Is he subtexting Jeannie after she did her interview with the LA Times where she talked about how much she missed Kobe Bryant and how he'd know what to say. He'd be able to say things I can't say because it feels like with this Kyrie Irving, we need to trade for this guy thing. There's the LeBron side, which is pushing for it and pushing her for it. And then there's the Rambuses and the Phil Jackson saying, you see what he did in Brooklyn? Do you really want to bring that in here are you sure that's what you want to do? And if you do that, you're completely handing the franchise over to LeBron at this point. You can't do it. And she's kind of torn in the middle. So he's sort of saying, you've got me at this age, still playing at a high level. I'm obsessed with winning. You need to be obsessed with winning too, just like I am. So here's the thing, Alan, and I like Russell Westbrook. I want to make it clear. Russell Westbrook in an era of load management and all this stuff. Russell Westbrook plays every night. He plays hard every night. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's had a brilliant career. And I hope for his sake that he still has another act left in him. Go someplace and play well and and continue to be 
a good NBA player instead of the punching bag that he became last year. Mm-hmm. But what is clear is the fit with him and LeBron James. It's just awful. It, right. it just It is the definition of a square peg and a round hole. So if they are able to turn Russell Westbrook into Kyrie Irving, it's a miracle. The Lakers go from having zero chance to at least having some chance to being a very competitive team with but you have to add the caveat of a healthy and motivated Anthony Davis but that's always going to be the case no matter what and until you move on from him now I was the one advocating trading him if you could but they clearly haven't done that and aren't going to do that and I even understand why you don't because if you've got a chance you know you you have to sort of roll the dice that one of these years he will be healthy when we get to the finish line Mm -hmm. and if so those three guys could pull it off the Nets aren't going to do what Woj tells us this morning because they're they're not going to trade Kyrie unless and until they trade Kevin Durant. Right. So let's bring ourselves to that situation. You, you, you make your home here in New York. You cover the Knicks primarily, but you know the New York basketball situation as well as anybody. Paint for me the picture of the Brooklyn Nets bringing back Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons and company this year and trying to make a go of it. Well, the picture was this. I don't know if you saw it on your way in today, but I was coming into New York City from Long Island, the Long Island Expressway leading into the Midtown Tunnel. And so you get to see, it's beautiful. You go over a bit of a hill and then you see the the landscape, the the skyline of New York. It's Mm -hmm. gorgeous. It's one of my favorite things to see. But this morning, there was a gigantic black cloud hanging over the city. <laughs> yeah. And there was lightning bolts actually going. Like it was, I tried to catch it on video while driving. It was impossible. <laughs> but that would be what I would vision happening with Brooklyn this season. Because that cloud would hang over the franchise because of everything that has led up to why they would then feel stuck where they are. Sean Marks and company are trying to take back control of their franchise. They want everybody to understand that this is team first. Follow rules. Go to practice. Play games. Actually play in a game. That'd Mm -hmm. be great, too. Not Kevin Durant. He showed up for everything. It's, of course, Kyrie. But the accountability factor you can't have when Kyrie's on an expiring contract, which he knows you're not loyal to him because you didn't offer him more than just pick up your option. We really don't want to give you a long-term guaranteed extension. And then there's Kevin Durant, who's already asked for a trade. So you're going to tell me that it's just going to we're all going to hold hands and we're going to do this right this time we're going to make it happen? No, no. The scenario is that we know they want out. We know the Nets aren't really comfortable having them around, and the only thing now is no longer debating can this team win a championship before the Knicks can. Now it's the tabloids battling each other with back page headlines of the chaos that they are rooting for to ensue over the next 82 games. I understand that. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. All, all that is obviously true. That said, the one thing NBA stars are accustomed to having is unlimited options, mm-hmm. right? They get to choose what happens next. Right. But for the, I actually think you're better off with Kyrie from from a mentality standpoint, not having shown loyalty to him. Because if there's anything he's demonstrated, it's that loyalty with him is a one-way street. Yes. They were loyal to him, and he said, okay, and now I'm just going to do whatever I want, even if it basically means the uh, enormous detriment of my franchise. But maybe, just maybe, what works is running out of options. Kevin Durant doesn't have any other options. He has a four-year contract. Right. If he wants to play basketball, if the Nets say so, he's got to play for them. Kyrie Irving, if he ever wants to get paid hundreds of millions of dollars again, has to do something this year. And no one has run out of options like Ben Simmons has. Mm-hmm. So maybe, just maybe, you put this band they together make it work for, for each one other. desperate year. Yes. Marriage and, of convenience. And it happens. That's what you're looking for, the marriage of convenience. Correct. 
The captain is debuting tonight on ESPN. Right. One of the great lines that Derek Jeter has in this documentary is loyalty one way is stupid. And that's essentially what is going on now at this point. It's a one-way loyalty. There's no loyalty. It's a loyalty to self now of, I'm not playing for the Nets anymore. I'm playing for me. How does that ever work out in pro sports? Team pro sports. LeBron's right. If you play tennis or golf, he can play for himself and focus on himself and win for him. But in team sports, you're not just winning for yourself. You're also winning for a franchise that you might not feel really strongly about and a coach and a GM and an owner that you don't really feel great about. So again, as I say, in New York, it's different. If this was in a smaller market with less coverage, maybe you kind of can sneak through. But here, the intensity only ratchets up because you will look at this player and say, we want to talk to him today and then again tomorrow and then again. We're going to ask him the same question. And I covered this with Stephon Marbury and the Knicks when Mike D'Antoni came in and declared that Stephon Marbury is not going to play. Just not going to play. They didn't have any other point guard option. They had Chris Duhon. He's not going to play. But he's at training camp because he has to be. And every day we talked to him. And every day it was uncomfortable until a point where they had to finally move on from him. I get it. Home. The other side of that is that the, the legendary last dance bulls. Scottie Pippen hated everybody. He hated the owner. He hated the general manager. Dennis Rodman was on another planet. Everyone knew it was their last year together. Everyone knew it. And, and because they were all great and talented and Michael Jordan was there, yeah. it worked. That so helped. things can work. All right, we, yeah. we, we'll see. We're going to see how all this plays out. There's one very important thing we have to do before I have to let you go. Alan has got to race back to his palatial estate out on the island. Is this about in, Zach Wilson? In order to be ready to do Barton Hahn. No, more importantly, Uh-oh. I, I just need to get your reaction. So one day... I've been seeing you on television for a very long time and hearing you on the radio for a very long time, but I had never been in the same room with you until sometime relatively recently. And then I saw you and it, it occurred to me, you're much bigger than I expected you to be. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that to Hembo and Hembo said the following. Do I think that Alan Hahn is a handsome chiseled God? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hembo said that. And I just, I, Hembo Share with Alan, if you would, your wife's reaction to you saying that. Yeah, my wife, Lizzie, took umbrage. <laughs> this is not a person. This is, not, this is a wife who has never shown jealous tendencies. Mm-hmm. If I compliment the appearance of Bridget Moynihan on you know, a TV show or something, you know, uh-huh. whatever. This is the first time that she has had a visceral reaction to me complimenting another person's appearance. I don't know what that says about me, her, or you, well, but I think it's important you should know. Yeah, I'll, I'll look inward and think, mm. okay, she doesn't share your sentiments then. That <laughs> right. bothers me a little bit. <laughs> right. Uh, I would probably say that. Um, you know, taking umbrage, that's, that's very strong. Mm. I, I, I just look at it as, you know, while I appreciate it, it's a very nice thing to hear somebody say, there are a lot of other people I would love to hear that from. <laughs> Other than yourself. Now, how did your wife, now your wife heard him say that yes, too, right? Yes, she actually how did she was react? listening in the car and yeah. texted me at the time as right. well. And she, she did. She also found it. She's like, do they filter you or something when you're there? Like when you walk around, like what, do they put on makeup or something? I'm like, like this is the reaction I get from her about it. So but yeah. I don't know. Handsome chiseled God is mm. pretty good. I think we should start printing them on T-shirts. I'll definitely wear one if you will. That, that's a, would you be comfortable if we made T-shirts that said handsome, chiseled God? I mean, there's worse things that have been said about me. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be quite comfortable with I that. Would and think, then taking umbrage on the back, maybe. It would also be a way. I, I would think only worse things have been said about you, right? And that's yes. not even a value judgment of you. But what better things can be said of you? If you were to say, here, I would like to pick three adjectives mm. that I would like to be used to describe me. Handsome, chiseled God yeah. would probably be at the very 
very top of the list. I, I would like to. I'd, pr- I'd prefer probably um, intelligent, comfortable, and rich. Not those me. are probably three things I would take. Wow, instead. No, he's I, much more vain than I, you are. <laughs> I'm already all three of those. Well, I was going to say, me. you're already there. So. <laughs> Yours are way better. <laughs> all right, go home. Awesome. We'll do Barton Hahn. Thank, Thank you, you as always, Alan. Outstanding this morning. A greeting with you here. Do you know that starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Coming up, we'll do an all-star break green light, including $440 million reasons to be excited about the future that's next and this is greeny on espn radio shopping for mother's day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute but macy's gift finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for mother's day whether you're shopping for your sister's first mother's day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance and delighted you are along for the ride. We will do an all-star break green light in just a moment, take you through a very busy little juncture in baseball as we head towards the season second half. We'll do that in 30 seconds after this word from ZipRecruiter. Are you excited to travel this summer? Have you ever thought about all the people that make a vacation truly great, like the chef at the restaurant or the tour guide with great stories? Well, you know, if you're hiring, you can find great people like these for your roles at ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job. You can invite your top choices to apply. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light with Greeny. A delight to have Hembo back with us here. Hembo, after a week of staycation, preparing for the arrival of the Twins, the uh, blessed event times two. 
in his life, but we will uh, give you the green light here to go through some baseball stuff as we reach the halfway point of the season. And and the New York Yankees obviously are the top story here as they went in with another win yesterday and have had a first half for the ages, right? I mean, no other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. In, In baseball, it's difficult because of the monotony of the season to try and contextualize what you're seeing on a day-to-day basis, the way that the Yankees are just steamrolling the league. But I pulled out my favorite numbers from the first half of the season to see if we could do that. So right now, the Yankees lead the majors in runs scored. They also lead the majors in runs allowed, as in they've allowed the fewest. The Yankees are outscoring their opponent by more than two runs per game. It might not sound like a lot, but it is. Because over the last 100 years, Greeny, this is the entire list of teams to to do that over a full season. The 27 Yankees the 1936 Yankees, and the 1939 Yankees. That's the entirety wow. of that list. And, and those are, for those who don't know the history of the sport, those are the, the most legendary teams in Yankee history. That's the Ruth Gehrig mm-hmm. Yankees into the DiMaggio Yankees who, who just ran roughshod. I mean, the 27 Yankees and the 39 Yankees, I think, are generally considered to be the greatest baseball teams of all time, yes? Yes, that, and, and, and that's, that's the company they're keeping. That's the company that they're keeping. Right now, Aaron Judge is on pace to hit 58 home runs on a 112-win team. That's what the Yankees are on pace to do. The only players that have ever approached that are Roger Maris in 61 and Babe Ruth in 1927. We are witnessing a season for the ages. Everything the Yankees do in the season are, is just sort of turning up this, sort, this kind of historical context that you never see. I think it's really, 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 really important if you're a fan of the Yankees or just a fan of baseball to appreciate the juggernaut that this team is. And you know what? The, the one thing people say more than anything else about them to me mm. when they see me in the street or a golf course or whatever it is, they constantly bring up Judge's contract. The subject of his contract, of the money he left on the table, of the, the big deal that was made of that, and the ultimate, I guess, betting on yourself and winning, that's the first thing people seem to want to mention. Just my own little tiny straw poll, that's the first thing I find people mentioning it's to so me. It's so bizarre. I, that's also been my experience. It's just so bizarre to me that a player is having the kind of season that he is, a Mara 61 season, a, a Ruth 27 season, and the thing that we care the most about is where he's going to play next season. It's wild. I almost feel like it is obscuring the remarkable season he's having and that they're having. But in some sense, it's sort of informing both because Aaron Judge motivated, having better on himself is... Look, right now, Shohei Otani is actually the favorite to win the AL MVP. I would be stunned if that happens, if Judge winds up hitting 58 home runs. And, and, and the Angels wind up being as bad <laughs> as they are. They stink. Look, Otani, look, no one deserves it. He's made the All-Star team and justifiably so, both as a pitcher and an offensive player. The Otani story speaks for itself. He speaks for himself. That's not worth talking. That's not the discussion. Mm -hmm. But I have said many times, I was in Chicago when Andre Dawson was named the National League MVP as a Cub on a team that finished last. And trust me when I tell you, this was an unpopular position to take when talking to a bunch of Cub fans. But the reality is you cannot be the MVP on a terrible team. You can't. Because we could have been just as terrible without you. You can be the best player, and Otani is the best player, but you can't be the most valuable player uh, in a team sport on a team that finishes last. I see it differently. So you're saying right now, if you had an AL MVP vote, you would cast it for Aaron Judge. Yes. I would cast it for Otani. Because to, to, to cast it for Judge, I think, is sort of to penalize Otani for the team he plays on. Right. That is not fair. 
It's not a team award. It's an individual award. No, it's not. How valuable is he? What What is their record right now? They're, they're below 500. Their manager got fired. I'll pull it up. I'll, right. I'll, I'll well, the how right far now. are they away from being in last place? <laughs> from, being, from being where the Yankees are, too. So um, I'll, I'll pull up the standings Well, for, right forget now. about the Yankees. You don't have to be. You have to be playing. You have to have a. You have to have contributed. Your value has to have contributed. I understand baseball has all these advanced metrics right. that actually define a player's value, but I would take them a step further and ask the question, value to what? Like, you're not winning. I get it. When he pitches, they win. Right. But not enough. Like, it, I, this is not meant to penalize Otani. It is not specific to him. It is just my position. I think A-Rod is the other player mm-hmm. who once won an MVP award on a last-place team. Right? With, it's those two guys? With, with Texas, yes. Right. Th- Texas. Those two. It's Dawson and A-Rod. And, and, and I, I never had anything against Andre Dawson, and I like A-Rod. But that's an award you can't give to a player on a last-place team. Right now, the Angels are 39-53. and 53. They're okay. 14 games under 500. So what would they be without them? You know what I mean? Like, they're hopelessly out of it with them. They'd be hopelessly out of it without them. Let me make this question to you. Mm-hmm. And I am Greeny. I am brought to you by the, our baseball, our progressive baseball snapshot is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Get renter's insurance to protect the things that make your place a home, including coverage for theft or damage. Visit Progressive.com. Do you believe that the, I'm, I'm going to make a ridiculous analogy. The, the most recent example of it that I can remember was um, the year LeBron lost to the Warriors in the finals the first time, whatever year that was, 15, 16, whatever it was, the year that Love was hurt and Kyrie was hurt. LeBron James absolutely should have been named, should have been the most valuable player in that series mm. because he was by far the best player and it would have been four games to none if he hadn't been so brilliant. And instead, it was a competitive series. They made it competitive. No one, in my view, LeBron James was the best player against the Warriors the years they had KD, but it was non-competitive. So you couldn't give the MVP to the guy who was on the non-competitive team. Are you following the logic I'm putting forth here? Yes, I think it's conventional wisdom. But what is your, what is your threshold then? Do the Angels need to make the playoff? Do they need to be they 500? To, what's the last time they played a meaningful game? Mike Trout was like 25. <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean <laughs> even Otani this was playing season. in Japan. Was it the month of May? I mean, have they played a meaningful game in June? No. Have they not played one since April? So, I mean, if you're, if you, I think that you have to have been playing in meaningful games. You have to have contributed some value towards some end as opposed to just having been the best player on the field. He's the mop. He's the most outstanding player mm-hmm. for sure. And I don't, I don't like this because now what's going to happen is it sounds like I'm diminishing him, which I'm not. He's the most remarkable thing I've ever seen in baseball. I've never seen a player. I'm not old enough to have seen Babe Ruth, it goes without saying. Mm. So I've never seen a player who was both a dominant pitcher and a dominant offensive player. He's the first and only one that I've ever seen. So I admire and adore what he's doing. But I cannot give him an MVP vote for the simple reason that his value is adding up to nothing. I don't necessarily disagree with the logic that you just used, which is not all games are created equal. Shohei Otani going three for four with a couple homers one night, pitching a shutout the next in, in, in June with his team 10 games under 500 is different 
than Aaron Judge homering against the Red Sox in a, in a meaningful series. I, I'll give you that. But over the course of a long baseball season, I like to make it simple. Which player produced the most value? And to date, the answer to that question is Shohei Otani, and I see the world very black and white. Yeah, because your life just comes down to numbers, yep. and he's got the numbers, he's and if the that, numbers. there isn't any question. Speaking of numbers, for those of you who weren't following it closely, did Juan Soto turn down a contract for $440 million to continue being a professional baseball player. (laughs) To make it clear, like he didn't get this offer. He is a professional baseball player. He didn't get this offer from the NBA. He didn't get this offer from Apple. He got this offer to just do does what he does for a living. Just continue doing this. And we'll give you $440 million. And he said no. He said no. It would have been the largest contract in the history of baseball. He said no, and I could not possibly be happier. What Juan Soto did, am I allowed to say Juan Soto? Am I pronouncing that right? Yes, because his name is actually Juan, Juan Soto. as opposed to the word W-O-N uh, when someone has won multiple games. But don't sidetrack your own thought. No, no, no. Juan Soto turned down $440 million. And it's the best thing that could have possibly happened to baseball. Why? That's why. Because... Baseball, these mega contracts you give 22-year-old kids for 10, 12, 14 years are an absolute scourge on the sport. Why? Because it renders those players ridiculously uninteresting. The most interesting thing that has happened in sports this summer is all of the NBA player movement and sort of scuttle therein. Right now, what you have in baseball is all of its best players hooked to their teams for decades. The most interesting thing that sports fans want to talk about, you just said... Yankees fans, all they want to talk about is where Aaron Judge is going to play next and that contract situation, right? Yeah. You don't get that opportunity often in baseball because these guys sign these contracts when they're early and they stay there forever. If you're going to sign a 10, 12, 14-year contract pretty much anywhere aside from a team that uh, contends every single year, of which the Nationals are not, you're just not that interesting. And you just disappear except into your local market and we'll talk about you when you retire. I hate that for baseball. This is something that the NBA gets right, even though their league stinks in some sense because these guys never even play. But at least we know who they are and at least we talk about them. If Juan Soto signed a 14-year contract extension in Washington, we would be talking about him next when he retires and goes to the Hall of Fame. But I understand your point, but... He's going to sign that contract with someone, Mm -hmm. right? He's just waiting and doesn't want it to be them. That's right. So the point, it's not like he's going to then take a three year deal at 40 million per so that it can become a free agent again in three years. That's not what the outcome of this is going to be. No, but what we do get is that in each of the next two off seasons, we get to talk about that, which is good for baseball. But won't they trade him? They might trade him. You're going to, you have to trade him. But the question is when they trade him, will he sign with that team that, that, that trades for him, or will he reach free agency? He's a Scott Boris client, and all of his guys reach free agency. He wants that contract to start with a five. This contract started with a four. And Juan Soto is going to get a $500 million contract from someone, and us talking about that contract between now and then is as good, as ba- as good at, uh, a talker as baseball has right By now. By the way, we've got the Home Run Derby tonight here on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. You'll see it on ESPN TV. It's, is he going to win it? I don't think Juan Soto is going to win it. Buster only picked him to win it this morning uh, on Get Up. I, I'm going to pick a, a right-handed hitter to win it. It's a lot easier to homer at Dodger Stadium as a righty. Ronald Acuna Jr., he's, he's at plus 750 if you're looking for sort of a long shot to cast a few shekels on tonight. I think Acuna beats P. Alonso in the first round, the back-to-back uh, derby champion. And Ronald Acuna... 
wins the Derby tonight. A decent little value play there at 7-1 to one over at Caesars. Okay, that's an interesting one. All right, greeting with you here on ESPN Radio. Delighted you are along for the ride. I'll save some of the other stuff for a little bit later because mm-hmm. there's something I really wanted to make sure that we got to today. I saved it just for your return. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. All right, to assembled members of the Hashtag crew who are with us this morning, Hashtag Hembo, whom, from whom you have been hearing, let's bring in Hashtag Bubba into the conversation. Good morning, Bubba. Hello. Hello. So I, something happened upon my return from my vacation a week and a half ago, and I wanted to share it with you. And I thought uh, I was going to do it last week, but I thought, you know, Bubba wasn't here the day that I came back. Hembo wasn't here. So I wanted to save this for you guys. So here's what happened. So I'm flying back from Europe. As it turned out, we were flying back from Zurich, Switzerland, because my flight back from Paris got canceled. Thank you, Delta. Um, but I managed to get us on another flight. At least you did not tweet about it. I, well, I, I, you know, you I thought, thought about oh, it. Oh, no. And then I didn't because I had ripped people for doing it. Um, so I didn't do it. It all worked out fine, but whatever. So we are on a plane. Stace and I are on the plane getting ready to take off from Zurich, and we're going to fly back to New York. This is a week ago Saturday. And there's a guy, middle-aged guy, and his wife. And he has recognized me. And we are now chatting about sports and having a very lovely time. When all of a sudden, his expression, like, you know the expression, like, you went white? Like, he went, he just looked like he had seen a ghost. And he realized that he had left his I don't think it was his passport. He had left, let's just say for the sake of discussion, it was his passport. He had left something that he required desperately in the airport lounge. Like one of those airline lounges, you know, you're in the Delta Club or the Admirals Club or whatever it is. He had left it there. He is going to have to now run from this plane and go back and retrieve it. He is now assured of missing this flight back to the United States. Now, when I tell you, that but the combination of the entire world traveling this summer and all of the cancellations, he is setting himself up for, among other things, probably multiple days of like sitting in the airport trying to get himself out of there. He is also now very likely going to wind up having to lose his very comfortable seat. When I tell you we were in very comfortable seats and instead be sitting somewhere in the back of a plane for like a 10-hour return to the United States. He's got to run back. And I looked at his wife and I said, can you believe this idiot? I didn't say that out loud, but that's what I'm thinking. And on the look on her face is, I cannot believe this idiot just did this. But she now has to get off this plane and go with him. And it occurred to me, there is no law that says she has to. She's got her passport. She can stay seated very comfortably on this flight travel back to the United States, go back to their very comfortable home, wherever it is they live, and this idiot will get home wherever he lives or whenever he can. So the question then becomes, I'll start with you, Hembo. This situation presents itself. You're flying back, Mm -hmm. and Lizzie has forgotten her passport in the airport lounge. Are you getting off the plane, yes or no? Absolutely. I am a loving husband. The answer is yes. Fair enough. The answer is yes. I knew that was going to be the answer. Mm -hmm. Now reverse it. You've left yours in the airline lounge. Is she getting off the plane? That's unclear. That's unclear. I, I, my, <laughs> I think that Lizzie would love to spend 10 hours without me at that point in yes. my vacation. My guess 
is that through some sort of like reverse logic, she convinces me she needs to go home first for X, Y, or Z reason. Obviously, her reason being, you know, wanting to spend 10, 10 hours without me. I say she goes by herself. I stay back in Zurich for two or three That months. ultimately, you stay in Zurich and she flies home without you. That's what the outcome of this is going I to be. I believe so, yes. Bubba, I come to you next. Is there anyone in your life, because you're not a married man, anyone in your life for whom you are getting off that plane? Um, probably Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, I get off with them if they want to. You're giving him your passport, right? Yeah. You're giving DeGrom. <laughs> I'll just stay back. You guys take mine. And, yeah. and try and smuggle yourself through. Let me ask you this, Bubba. You and I are making this trip together, and I've left my passport in the airport lounge. Are you getting off and keeping me company for the duration? Oh, yeah, I'm with you. You're staying with me? I'm wow. staying with you. Yeah, that, now, you've left your passport in the airport lounge, and we're traveling together. Are you, are you asking me to stay with you? Uh, no, because yeah, I just assume you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's Hembo. Is there any conceivable chance that I stay with you? There is no conceivable change. Meaning we're traveling together. You've left your passport mm-hmm. in the airport lounge. And you say to me, Greeny, I've left my passport in the airport lounge. Is there any conceivable chance I'm getting off with you? I would not even bother asking. Right. Because you would just then feel bad saying no, probably. But you would I wouldn't say, feel that bad. You, you would not feel that bad? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. I'd be just fine. You'd be, you'd be just fine. I'd be okay. I won't ask the question then. I'll just get off and I'll say I'll see you in Newark. Correct. Yeah. I've, left my, I've left my information in the thing. I'm getting off. I'll see you. I would do it. I would get off for days yep. i get off for my kids i think that's the end of no the one list. else right i think i'm that's it other than that you're staying on the plane like that's that would be quite the relationship determiner right like if you're traveling let me pause on this thought but just think about this <laughs> if you're unmarried and you're go, you, you're contemplating marriage this could be the line of demarcation like do i love this person enough that i'm getting off this plane in zurich <laughs> This is now the line. Zurich has become the line of demarcation. Am I getting off the plane in Zurich for him or her or not? That's something to consider. I have more thoughts on it. Also coming up next, this weekend, we saw the end of the greatest era of its kind ever, and it will never be replaced. And I will explain to you exactly what it was next. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. 
better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Nature Valley has helped restore access to 10,000 miles uh, of national park trails and counting because everyone deserves to experience what's out there, like your kids, their kids, even their kids' kids. So head over to your local park trail to see for yourself. Nature Valley, life happens out there. So if you know me or you listen to this show or any show I've ever done, you know that golf is my favorite sport, and I consider it to be something more than a sport. For me, it's like a spiritual exercise, and if you make fun of that, then that's fine. That doesn't make any difference. I'm not one of these people who tries to convince anyone that golf is a sport, that golf is a this, that it's a that. It's my favorite thing. If it isn't yours, then that's just fine with me. But what I will say uh, that I think impacts everyone is that there has never been anything in any sport quite like Tiger Woods and the impact he has had on golf. Meaning Tiger Woods took people who could not have possibly cared less about the sport, who were in fact disinclined to follow it for any number of reasons, ranging from I think it's boring to I think it's racist to I think it's elitist to any number of other things people have long said about the sport and almost all of it deserved. And Tiger Woods single-handedly made those people pay attention to the sport. I'm not sure how many, if any, athletes have ever done that with any other sport. And so in that regard, he is the most significant athlete, not only in that sport's history, but among the handful of most significant that ever lived in any sport. And over the course of this weekend, I think we saw the end of it. Which is to say, I think and hope Tiger Woods will have a long, wonderful, prosperous, and healthy life, watching his children grow, playing the game for fun, and being what he now, I think, settles into being, which is an ambassador for the sport, hitting ceremonial opening tee shots at the beginning of the Masters and all that sort of thing. But when those tears were pouring out of his eyes as he crossed the Swilkin Bridge, and for those of you who don't know what I mean, there's a little bridge that you walk across to get to the 18th green at St. Andrews, which, to be clear, is the birthplace of the sport. That's where the game began. You cross over that bridge to get to the end. And for Tiger Woods, I think he crossed that bridge with tears in his eyes because he knew this was the end. The most recent injuries that he has suffered are just the kind of thing from which you do not return. This is in no way a criticism. Tiger Woods is fortunate to be alive. Tiger Woods is just, look, I hope to God I'm wrong about this. And that next year at Augusta or someplace else, we are sitting and talking about Tiger in contention again. But what the way I interpreted those tears was Tiger recognizing that in the birthplace of the sport, which Jack Nicklaus chose to be his last event, Jack Nicklaus did not choose for the British Open at St. Andrews to be his last major by accident. He said it at the time. I want to take one last walk over that Swilkin Bridge and have it be over. And that was where he played his last major competitively 20 years ago or whenever that was. And I believe that that's what Tiger was feeling as he walked over that bridge on Friday. And if indeed that is the case, then what we all just saw was the end of not only the greatest era of its kind in his sports history, there'll never be another. There'll never be anything like Tiger Woods in that sport. 
And I really think one of the most important eras that any sport has ever had, at least in American history, I can't speak to any of the others. Hambo, does that sound like overstating it to you? It does not. Tiger Woods is a singular force. There are very few athletes in any sport that transcend the game they play. Tiger Woods is at the very top of that list. He's on a short list with Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali and Babe Ruth and people like that. Like He's on that list for me at least and I think for many uh, sports fans around the world. It did feel like a sort of Tiger meeting his mortality moment. For him, I think winning wasn't ever going to be becoming a champion after the accident. I think it was returning and and proving that he could. And making the Masters, uh, making the cut of the Masters was obviously a huge deal. I think you had this pegged right. It felt like the end, and I'm very curious to see who, if anybody, can sort of replace him as the face of that sport. That, that's what I will tell you. Someone else will become the face of the sport, but no one will replace him. No one will mean to golf in our lifetime what Tiger Woods has. I, I think that's extraordinarily unlikely to happen with where the sport is right now with the fissure that has taken place in it, with this live business and everything else, I think we've seen the end of the best it's ever going to be. We'll be right back. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. This Yankees team right now, they've lost five out of six because of weird bullpen meltdowns. They went bananas on the Red Sox. The guys will be back Tuesday morning at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny, the podcast. Hey, Greeny, with you here as we roll along. Dave Rothenberg made an interesting statement this morning on ESPN Radio New York, and I want to play it for you. We ran through some of the numbers that the New York Yankees have put up in this first half of the season. They're historically great. They've outscored their opposition by an average of two runs per game. That's something no baseball team has done since the 1930s. But Rothenberg is questioning the Yankees' greatness. Do I look at this Yankees team and say, this is a great team? If this is a great team, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe you disagree, maybe you hear this, like, no, 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 no. You're, you're off base. If I have a great team, shouldn't the expectation be like head and shoulders? That great team is going to run their way to a championship. Maybe the Yankees are a very, very good team that happens to play in a, a very watered down Major League Baseball right now. Because if the Yankees are great, well, is Houston great? Are the Dodgers great? Are the Mets great? Can you have four, five great teams? 
So for the record, and I just went to the standings to make sure my math is correct, if the Dodgers and Yankees played in the same division, the Dodgers would be three games behind them. If the Astros and Yankees played in the same division, the Astros would be four and a half games behind them. That's not to suggest the Yankees wouldn't have a nice little lead, but they wouldn't be running away and hiding the way they are in their own division where their lead is 13 games. So does Rothenberg make any sense to you, Hembo? It makes sense, but I do disagree with him because the Yankees are an all-time great team that is head and shoulders above every team, at least in the American League, and they are still a good bit better than the Dodgers, who are far and away the best team in the National League, he mentions the sort of watered-down nature of the league this year, and I don't disagree with that fundamentally. However, every team in the Yankees division is 500 or better. That never happens in baseball. And I went in here and did a, a, a search, and, and the Yankees are 30-16 and 16 against teams in baseball with a winning record. They won 65% of their games against baseball's best teams. No other team in baseball has won even 60% of those games. You can slice the, 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 the data however you want. The Yankees are far and away the best team in baseball. They've outscored their opponent by almost 200 runs at the All-Star break. They lead the majors in runs scored and have allowed the fewest. That is the kind of profile that you literally never see in baseball. I don't know what he's you know, using there, but like the Yankees, based on what we know right now, are on pace to be an all-time great baseball. Correct. The, the issue, though, is they have to win the World Series to do it. And that has never been less of a certainty than it is. And I don't feel like I even really need to explain this. But in 1939, Joe DiMaggio didn't need to get through two levels of playoffs, <laughs> two rounds of, you know, uh, 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 win or go homes before you even got to the World Series. So that's what skews the equation. We continue in 15 seconds. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.